Today on Season 4, Episode 2 of the Unknown Packers Podcast, it's another week in the new league year and the Packers re-sign a few of their own. They have yet to make any major moves for players outside of the organization, but does that mean they're not going all in? It's Super Bowl or bust and this is the season to do it. Join Bryce and Ken as they discuss this, address some listener questions, and put on their GM caps for some fill-in-the-blank. There may not be a ton of action going on in Packerland right now, but the UPP studio is in full swing. Hang in there as we bring it to you week after week. And now it's time for New Year. Same team, on tap. This is Green Bay. Green Bay. Thank you so much for following the Unknown Packers podcast. Touchdown! Dagger! Al Harris, 56 yards! Everything, but it's the only thing. Green and yellow, green and yellow, green and yellow, green and yellow, green and yellow. Unknown Packers podcast. Green and yellow, green and yellow, green and yellow, green and yellow. Let me tell you this Green Bay is a great town. This is Green Bay, Green Bay, And welcome to the Unknown Packers podcast for New Year. Same team on tap. It's myself, Bryce Christensen. Alongside me, I got big, bad Ken Ingles. After a couple-week hiatus, we're back. Back-to-back weeks. Check out the last week's episode of the new year where we addressed all free agency. And we actually were clairvoyant and right on target with our predictions of Kevin King and Mercedes Lewis. Kevin King, Ken Ingles, respectively, and Mercedes Lewis, myself, uh, respectively. We both predicted that they would be back if the Packers were to make any other free agent moves. They have yet to sign anyone externally outside of a long snapper, and the name escapes me. But outside of that, no big splashes externally, internally. We already talked about Aaron Jones, a big-time splash. And we already mentioned, if you would have told us, we signed a top-five running back, arguably the best left tackle in the game, healthy, and then top three nose tackle in the offseason, we'd be ecstatic. But I'm going to shut up. And Ken, we're free-flowing it. How are you feeling after the whole Kevin King signing? Because it looked like Twitter was going to burn to the ground. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, that one, uh, the Kevin King one, you know, we, we talked about it last week. Yeah, I wrote it. I wrote a piece a few months back talking about like I'm not ready to write him off on mm-hmm. like coming back on a one year type of prove it deal. And what? How did the details come out? I believe it was a one year, six million dollar contract, mm-hmm. but only five million of that is real. Um, Three point seven five million dollar signing bonus, which that kind of raised my eyebrow a little bit so that pretty much guarantees he's going to be around this season mm-hmm. um okay he's not going to be like a plan b um you're not going to pay a guy almost four million dollars guaranteed and then just if you draft a guy in the first round you're not cutting kevin king now um they're not in the position where they can throw that type of money so he's here to stay he's here to play i don't think that changes what the packers are going to look to do in the draft i still think cornerback is a pretty hefty need on this team long term i think he's probably gonna be more of a short-term band-aid you know go with the guy you got Mm -hmm. um same with sullivan but obviously you got jair playing you know on jair island on the other side and he's coming into not a contract year but his you know fifth year option year next year where they'll probably want to extend him 
next year and not pay him that crazy, crazy money on the cap. But not yet. You know, they're going to need some bodies. They're going to need some some young talent to develop and, you know, potentially be that long-term starter opposite of uh, Jair. Maybe that does turn out to be King. Maybe he has one hell of a season, but, you know, I know a lot of Packer fans, all they think about when they hear the name Kevin King is they look at, you know, what have you done for me lately in the NFC uh, championship game? And And that was brutal. uh, It was brutal. I um, Talk about if, I mean, if you would have told me that he was going to have arguably the, I mean, it was, and I'm very optimistic. I'm, I'm critical, but I also like to be like, oh, maybe, you know, he was hurt. He wasn't a hundred percent. I think he, what was he aggravated with a quad injury or groin injury? I mean, it's always some soft tissue injury with Kevin King. And then you would have told me that they would have signed. You've been on the whole Kevin King Hey, I think the Packers are going to uh, re-sign Kevin King back in the fall when we started having hypotheticals of Aaron Jones, Bakhtiari, Corey Lindsley, Kevin King. You've always mentioned Kevin King being the guy. Now, I was with you that I thought that Kevin King could be good. There's been flashes. NFC Championship game is a big time stain, and it's hard to hard to wash that out. It's hard to it's a mm-hmm. tough pill to swallow. On top of it. I want to wonder, and I'm, I'm speaking for, I, I, I'll hold on my opinion, but I'm speaking for a lot of the fan base, and I don't think I'm being speculative, if we wouldn't have passed on T.J. Watt, uh, would we hate Kevin King that much? Probably not. Um, That's name, what I'm thinking. The name Watt carries a lot of uh, juice with his fan base. <laughs> oh, for sure. You know, remember, and rightfully so. Right, right. I remember last trade deadline, everyone's like, are the Packers going to bring in J.J. Watt last year? Then obviously this whole well, offseason. I was talking about T.J. Oh, but no, I'm just talking about the name Watt oh, in I general. See, yep. Like mm-hmm. that name, like. Packer, it's like flies. <laughs> yeah, flies. To, yeah, it, it, it's insane. Like we we can't as as a collective fan base because the Watts playing for Wisconsin and the, you know bring them home type of thing. Now, if if TJ was off the board before you know that that mm-hmm. trade down, I don't think there'd be as much venom. But <laughs> there's always going to be the "I told you so," yep. and TJ is going to be in a position where he's. He could very likely be the first thirty million dollar a year player signed that's uh, not a quarterback. So that that'll be insane when that happens um, on the defensive side of the ball. Likely this upcoming season, it's just gonna the, the guy has been an all star, right? Yep. And the Packers want that. They you know they look at that and they they wanted that guy on the team for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And I, I get it. I see it. There's always going to be those cases where. You look back in history, and you see two names. And but obviously, the Packers, you know, thought differently at the time. And as of right now, it definitely, definitely doesn't look like they would have graded out the same. You know, in hindsight. <laughs> no, I mean, so I, I get it. I also just I, I want to move on. Like the Packers have a great team, and I don't want to be stuck in the ah. Oh, we should have drafted T.J. Watt. The the thing, the reason why I mention it is that I. I really wonder what. So when the Packers, we had just recorded, and then we released the episode two days later. And I think the day after we recorded, mm-hmm. it it had been announced that Kevin King was coming coming back. And so I immediately texted you, and you're like, "Hey, no kidding, all that stuff." And I went on Twitter, and I 
I'm curious, like, okay, what's, what's, what's the reaction going to be? And I guess I, I was a little stunned. I was like, wow, people really don't like this signing. And then you, you break it down, and he was bad. He was mm-hmm. really, really bad. He was really bad last year. And But coming out, and I know like people are like, hey, like talk about the present moment, but I don't fault the Packers for passing on T.J. Watt in, in the moment, trading down, because Kevin King was also 6'3", highly athletic cornerback, and we had just struck out on Demarius Randall and Quentin Rollins, and mm-hmm. we had just gotten torched in, what, the NFC Championship game against the Atlanta Falcons with Josh Hawkins and... Uh, there are other names that escape me, but they were undrafted free agents. So I understand the cornerback being a premium position. Now, I also, when we were talking about the whole Kevin King, will he come back when you mention it? Like, hey, I think that he might be the guy that the Packers bring back. I don't hate it for the fact that, like, I like the whole placeholder mentality because I mm-hmm. do think that the Packers are going to draft a cornerback early, and it sucks that Josh Jackson has not turned out, but you also have a stud all pro type in Jair Alexander. So right, right. I, I'm I'm okay with that. And Darnell Savage is blossoming and Adrian Amos is a really, you know, he's an under the radar elite safety. Um so I'm okay, but man, they need to hit. They need to hit yeah. on who they draft, I think. Because Kevin King is not the answer opposite Jair Alexander. Right, right. He's, he's, not, he's definitely not the long-term answer for sure. Um, I, he's, you know, depending on what type of off-season program we see this year, whether it's a first or second or who knows third-round cornerback, I have to imagine somewhere in those first three rounds they, they take a guy who they think can be a mm-hmm. uh, a stellar boundary cornerback in this league. Maybe in the I, first I, round. Uh, maybe, yeah, maybe. I, you know. I would hope in those first three rounds, but again, we thought the same thing last year about wide receiver. So, <laughs> but man, and you know, we don't need to we don't need to kick over that rock. But like, King's probably going to be your starting guy at least this, in one. September, mm-hmm. um, especially if OTAs aren't a thing, if rookie mini camps aren't a thing, and who knows what preseason's going to look like. But cornerbacks and edge rushers, it's a good problem when you have too many quality guys that can step in. Especially a guy like King, obviously he's not going to be, like you said, he's had his ups and downs. He's not going to be an all-star type of player next year, but he knows, he's familiar with the guys. He knows the system more or less. Yes, they've got a new defensive coordinator, but like y- y- you saw on social media like how excited yeah. the players were to have Kevin mm-hmm. King come back. Like, like, oh my God, the whole secondary is coming back, bringing the band mm-hmm. back together, the boys are back. That that meant a lot. It means a lot to the locker room and to the morale and to have that continuity and to kind of understand, you know, what the other guy is thinking, you know, Mm. obviously not like the offensive line, but in the secondary, you got to know, you got to know where you're going to be having help and where you're not. And, you know, I think that, I think that's part of the decision, right? There's a lot of names. There's a lot of free agents that were out there that the Packers did not, you know, did not end up with. We don't know how those negotiations went. But they decided to bring back the guy that they know and they're comfortable with mm-hmm. for you know whatever reason. But he's here and he's not going anywhere. That's a great point. Yeah, Packers uh, locker room was ecstatic that Kevin King is back. So there's definitely some some weight to that. It'll be a focal point. I mean, it's going to continue. Kevin King's been a focal point ever since he's been drafted. So mm-hmm. I, I brace myself for whatever there's whatever storm is headed our way when it comes to the Kevin King results. I 
I'm rooting for him. I mean, you and I have both talked about this. The fact that people hate Kevin King is it, I, I want him to be successful. I want every Packers player to be great. So I'm rooting for him. And maybe he can stay healthy and uh, another year with Jerry Gray and Jerry Gray's got a promotion. So mm-hmm. I don't know. You 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 make a great point where the continuity is there. And speaking about another person that's a consistent face in the locker room and also that carries some weight, Big Dog. Big Dog coming home. Back again with Mercedes Lewis. And I mentioned last week in our episode that I thought that Lewis would be a guy that the Packers could bring back. And what, a two-year deal? Mm-hmm. What, worth up to eight? Two-year, two eight million. As of the when we're recording this, we still don't have the contract details, and there's lots of different rumors out there. Some say $4 million guaranteed. Some say $2.1 million guaranteed. I have to imagine that this type of deal is going to be super cheap against the cap, just like all these deals have been as of late with all those void years that we've talked about in the past where it's fake years, fake contract years, just to kind of artificially keep the cap low this year, but you know, really pay that credit card bill later down the road. You know, I'm, we'll, we'll see. We'll see where they end up because they don't really have a ton of space. So it's definitely not going to be... I'm, I'm just curious how, how many incentives are packed into this thing, too. You know, there's a lot of agent speak when those numbers first come out. But when you actually get your hands on the contract, it's uh can tell oftentimes a much different story. I'm fired up. I mean, best blocking tight yeah, end on, on the team. Uh, Lafleur loves his tight ends. The NFL is a tight end-driven league. You have him and Tunyon because, I mean, his size and in weight, I mean, he's he's a traditional inline tight end, mm-hmm. uh, an elite blocker. Him and Rodgers are buddies. He's got a presence in the locker room. He's a leader. It, it's fascinating because Aaron Rodgers talked about, you know, after the NFC Championship game, and I get it. I mean, I don't get what that feeling is like from as a player perspective, but I get the, the fact that, oh, man, this was our chance and now with the reduced salary cap and all these unknowns moving forward, who's coming back, all these free agents. Outside of Corey Lindsley, Jamal Williams, and Tim Boyle, this is this is the same team from last year. Packer fans wanted the Packers to go all in. This is Gutekunst's way of saying, all right, we're going all in with what we can. I, I love this. I love the side. I love what what they've all done. Aaron Jones back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm excited with Kevin King. I, I like the whole placeholder mentality and maybe he can surprise. Guy, I know people say that the whole red zone interceptions, but it's not easy intercepting the ball and he's shown that he can do it when he's on the field. So, I don't know. I'm rooting for him. I got a good feeling that Mercedes Lewis is going to come out and maybe he's going to surprise and I don't know. Here's, here's my hot take. Double digit touchdowns for Mercedes. That right would now. be <laughs> right now, March 29th. Okay, drinking well, some Kool Aid right now, but that uh, means uh, he's I'm taking feeling... some of those TDs out of your boy Tunyon's hands. But I'm okay with that. Okay, because Tunyon's gonna eat. Okay, and, um, maybe maybe it'll be like a chewy uh, Keith Jackson sort of duo. There we go. You know, you got. Uh, yeah, that'd be fun. I just started yeah, like I was... blacked out for a second thinking about the '90s tight ends. <laughs> now I was a little surprised that they brought. Uh, Lewis back when they did. I think when we you know talked about it last week, I thought they might try and get through the draft first to see right. what what they were you know what they're doing, what they're thinking there. If they're able to get some guy, because that room, that tight end room is it's 
stacked right mm-hmm. now. Uh, there's a lot of talent there, but obviously there's no one there who can do what Lewis does, who's what a 98 year old, uh, basically <laughs> offensive lineman out there. Um, Poor guy, catch bunch of ageist but, insults. <laughs> oh, but he, he's so good and everyone loves yeah. him. And it's one of those things that when I saw it, I was like, oh, oh, hell yeah. Like it, 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 <laughs> it surprised me, but I'm like, okay, let's go. Like it's big dog. You know, they, they were tied early on in this draft process to a lot of um, tight end names mm-hmm. in visits and interviews type of things with this, the virtual kind of pre-draft process. So I thought maybe they would hold off and then kind of wait or maybe be one of those guys that they bring in, kind of like a Veldi or midseason, if if they mm. you know need some reinforcements. But phone call guy is what you call phone right? call guy, absolutely. Yeah. But hell, now that now that he's here, it's uh you know this twenty twenty one disguising themselves as the twenty twenty Packers is uh you know almost complete now that Big Dog's in the house. I mean, everyone that's tuning in, we've had a uh, we've had a bunch of new followers, and I mean you've been rightfully so expanding your reach and, and and your content and your intellect and all that and it's it's been an influence on an uptick in in viewers and followers so people that are tuning in i mean maybe they're they've never heard you and i talk uh but typically i i, I a glass half full i'm always thinking all right aaron <laughs> Rodgers, <laughs> uh Russ Ball, coach lafleur I, I i'm fired up I mean, I did not think that they would bring back, what, 95% of the team? Lindsley's a big blow. I'll admit it. But mm-hmm. I'm thinking they slide Big E in there, and we'll see what happens at right tackle. But I've got a real good feeling about running. There there are not a lot of holes on this team. And I do think that Gutekunst and company feel that last year they were right there, and they're going, okay, let's run it back one more time. Oh yeah, this this team right now to me feels like 2020 was kind of their year, right? 2020 was they were prime and ready to go. Their like their roster and their talent was all kind of peaking last season, and they didn't get the job done. During a pandemic, right, right. You know, when when uh, salary cap was still intact, (laughs) it was right there, and then damn pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. Down, you know, down ticking the salary cap this year with all these contracts that are now kind of, you know, we, we talk about, hey, just backload them. They'll be fine later. We'll deal with it later. Well, later was this year. <laughs> and mm-hmm. you know what? Instead of doing all the cuts that, you know, a lot of people predicted, um, you know, seeing some of that salary cap pain, you know, Gutekunst just kind of said, you know what? Screw it. We'll deal with it next year. <laughs> and kicked the can pretty hard down the road for next season and said, we're bringing the band back together. Let's, let's, let's go win as a Super Bowl this year. And that's what it's looking like. But, uh, next year's making, you know, got me a little nervous, but we don't need to talk about next year. I'm, I'm excited for this, for this year and what they can do, but it definitely has that, um, all in let, let's go for it vibe. And granted, everyone there there are going to be some curmudgeons out there that are going to be like, ah, this is not the all-in I envision. Well, this is a Packers all-in. That's how I'm interpreting it. They're pretty all-in. Pretty <laughs> all-in. And yeah, like you said, this Gutekunst was like, all right, this is this is a job for future Brian, and future Brian's going to be pissed <laughs> off at me, but I'm okay with that because, like you said, I love it. We're bringing the band back, and if you tuned in last week, we got 
we got real in the second half with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, go ahead and listen to that. It's it's not a real outdated episode, and our prognostications were on point, especially with Kevin King and Mercedes. I'm going to bang on that drum. I'm pretty proud of that. Let's uh, in a, in a year or a few years of just you know wrongs left and right, when we get the wins, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna lasso those up and celebrate them a little bit. But yeah, with Gudekunst. We are going to talk about 2022 in the second half of the episode because of we've got fan questions and we got to fill in the blank. But as we wrap up, first half of New Year, same team on tap. You know, the question I have that I've been excited to talk to you about, and we're also going to talk about the San Francisco 49ers in the second half as well. But oh. last year at this time, everyone was like, hey, we got to get through the San Francisco 49ers. We get through the San Francisco 49ers, and we're going to be okay. Well, we, we did get through the San Francisco 49ers, and the team that got in the way was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So uh, this whole sort of like, ah, we can't, like Tampa Bay brought back everyone, and but so, so did essentially the Green Bay Packers. And I guarantee you take away a play or two, the Packers are going to the Super Bowl. The team that beat the Green Bay Packers in the NFC Championship game was not Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It was the Green Bay Packers. And so I, the mindset, the experience now, after going through an unprecedented, unknown COVID season, they were pretty damn remarkable. So I'm, I love the fact that what they're doing, but I don't even think the team to beat is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think the team that's going to beat the Green Bay Packers again is going to be the Green Bay Packers. I think they're in the driver's seat. And as long as the external drama doesn't get in the head of Aaron Rodgers, Coach LaFleur, and the dynamic of the Green Bay Packers, this is a great prognostication of hot take. You're looking at a Super Bowl champion Green Bay Packers. And I know the two people that tune in week in, week out are like, oh, Bryce said that last year and the year before. I mean it this year. What do you think before we wrap up the first half? Oh, man. I think I touched on it before. Like, <sighs> I want this team to be really good. I want but, you to get a little wild with this. Well, I don't want. Like, I don't want. I don't want accountant. Okay. I want. I don't like, think thirteen and three is going to happen again this year. And not only and that's I what they just, said the first year with Coach Lafleur. I well, I know. And thirteen and three is second season. Like thirteen and three is like a three years in a row. Like. <laughs> Fit good or fit a uh, fit the floor for his freaking gold jacket. Like that's do it. Not let l- single digit losses in your first three seasons as a let's get ro- wild as a rookie head coach. Let's get wild. You know, I'm gonna say what I said at the beginning of last year. I think they're gonna have a worse record, but they can be boo boo you. No, <laughs> like I, I, you, you know, I don't know. Like it's tough. Like thir- pre- predicting 13 wins, like. Go to I'm a not casino. Saying predict and win loss. You know I'm what saying, I mean? Hey, we're gonna bring but back the Lombardi. No one in this division is really threatening. The Packers. They're gonna get to the playoffs. I, there's no one in, like they're gonna win the division. That's really not up for debate too much. And in the playoffs, you know, it's gonna be your typical boogeyman, right? It's gonna be Tampa Bay, and it's gonna be you know Seattle. Who in the East NFC East scares you? I, I, I don't know. No. Maybe, maybe the Cowboys with a healthy deck. Maybe, but uh, I think Arizona and the they're kind of they're intriguing with know. JJ Watt now. Yeah, but they're not yeah. in the East, but 
I, I, right. the Tampa I, Bay hangover. I don't know. Super Bowl hangover. Yeah, Tampa Bay slash Arizona slash Sea Seahawks in the West and Cowboys, I guess, in the East. Like, you know, it's Tampa Bay is the one that kind of scares me. Or, you know, maybe the Cowboys are kind of crazy scary with a healthy Dak. Seahawks have always been a bugaboo, but I think I think this is the year they uh, they get to the Super Bowl. If I'm going to predict something, they're definitely good. And let's let's see who's on the other side, baby. The AFC is a crazy. There's so much talent at the top there. It could be anybody. It's hard to predict. Dude, that's as wild as you're going to get an accountant right here. That was pretty. That was pretty freaking impressive. We're going to wrap up the first half. <laughs> the first half of New Year, same team on tap. Right after this commercial break. Go Pack Go. This episode is brought to you by Sonic Transformation. Check us out at www.sonictransformation.com. Sonic Transformation, your sound refined. Go Pack Go! And we're back with the second half of New Year, same team. On tap, we got some fan questions, and you got me. You got me this time with the fill in the blank. But we're gonna right. wrap. We're gonna start off, and I want to thank our two fan questions. First one at Squad M Goals. Given next year's cap situation in 2022, an expected board at pick 29, Edge should be an option, which may lead to a Zadarius Smith trade. What are your thoughts, Ken? I got my thoughts. I know you got your thoughts. I thought that maybe you'd want to uh, go off on this one first, my friend. All right. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll take a swing. Well, when you're talking about a Z trade, you're talking about a guy that had 12 and a half sacks, four forced fumbles, and two fumble recoveries in 2020. The strip sack, fumble recovery was alive. Like, And who would have thought that he would have compounded his first year on his four-year deal in 2019, 13 and a half sacks with 12 and a half sacks in that stat line. So I... He's entering his third year. Um, I think it's hard when you've got a team captain uh, on the defensive side of the ball, a guy that's going to energize. Uh, I don't see any sort of trade now, maybe next year because of cap issues, but you can correct me on that. But in terms of like the first round, yeah, Gutekunst does surprise. And, and last week I talked about where when you looked at Gutekunst, in 2018, he took Jair Alexander. 2019, he took Rashawn Gary, Darnell Savage. 2020, he took Jordan Love. And Who? Jordan. I, I mean, haven't I, heard of him. Everyone trembles when we say his name, Jordan Love. And looking back, you can connect the dots, and all all picks make make sense. All picks make sense. Um, this year, I'd be. I'll tell you what. I'll be as surprised as when the Packers took Jordan Love if we take an edge guy, especially considering. Rashawn Gary, and uh, I think Zadarius is a lock. I at least for this year, I think he's a captain. I, I've got I've got my pick. Uh, I think I think they go offensive tackle. I think this is the the year of the unsexy pick, and people will lose their minds. But I think they I think they get their right tackle of the future. And I thought that they were going to do that last year. I think this is the year. Right. Yeah. If I was a betting man, and you you held my feet to the fire last week asking about this thinking, you know, who are they going to take in the first round? And I was thinking offensive tackle as well. You got to get those big guys early. But you know what? I would not be at all surprised if they took an edge. 
Interesting. Like it's a premium position. And if there's a guy there, um, especially at like 29 or let's say they get to the twenties and there's some guy that they had ranked like in the teens and, you know, you know how Goody gets that itchy, uh, <laughs> that itchy, uh, um, finger here when it comes to the, uh, to the draft, he's traded up in every single draft. That's he's true. working those phones. Um, if there's a guy that falls that they have premium value on and they've got what, 10 picks in this draft. You know, they might feel like some, you know, hey, I got an extra fourth rounder or something, an extra third. You know, let's throw it around. I wouldn't be at all surprised. Um, you say you'd, it'd be just as surprising as the love pick. You know, not for me. Edge is, you know, it's one of those, you can never have enough quality edge rushers. You can mm, never have enough quality cornerbacks, right? Which I, now, I, I wouldn't oh, be surprised ahead. a cornerback in the first round. Oh, yeah. Cornerback or, or tackle are probably going to be your, your likely Spots, especially or a hybrid guy, get crazy running Ooh. back, wide receiver, ah, no. specials. No, 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 first no, round, no. baby. No, thank you. Get weird. But going back <laughs> to the Z trade, man, that's not happening this year. So they didn't extend Z. I know there's a lot of talks that you know they're wanting to try and extend him uh, to help get under the salary cap. Well, they didn't do that, they restructured him, and by but by restructuring him, they paid him a 14.7 million dollar bonus. That's cash in his pocket. They're not now going to go ahead and trade him away. Um, they would take over a $10 million cap hit this year, uh, 2021, if they did that before June. If they did it after June, yeah, they would save $2 million, but then they'd be dealing with a uh, $12 million problem next year. They're not going to trade Zadarius Smith. We don't pay someone almost $15 million and then trade them unless you're, what, the Giants and OBJ or you're the Steelers with... Um, Oh, what's his name? Wide receiver. Yeah, uh, no. Um, Martavius Bryant or Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown. That's right. Why yes. did I forget about him? Jesus. Yeah. Or the Eagles uh, trading away uh, what Carson Wentz and taking oh, yeah. a thirty million dollar cap hit. Yeah, that doesn't happen uh, to teams who understand how the salary <laughs> works in a in a functional way. That's not going to happen. Now, twenty twenty two. You look at Zadarius, and because of that restructure that they did, he's looking at a twenty-eight million dollar cap hit. That's most than that's more than most quarterbacks are playing under. I'll say this right now: Zadarius Smith will not be playing for the Green Bay Packers next year, as his contract is currently written. So he either is going to be traded or cut or extended or restructured in some major way, but. I won't. I won't rule out a trade, especially with all the, the craziness that's coming down the the pike next year for the salary cap issues. I was excited to hear. I you always provide context and a little bit more of a backbone of whether or not the Packers can can move on or trade. That'd be a big time splash. I mean, just and the Packers don't like. They're one of the best teams that keep that dead cap down. Uh, to a minimum as much as possible. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong with that, too. So I don't think they like to be a little reckless when it comes to the dead cap as well. Right, right. And, and yeah, uh, they're not going to trade them this year and, like, do a net loss, right? Like, if they if they were tra- if they were to trade him this year, like, let's say they draft let's say they draft an edge in the first and second rounds, right? And they're like, oh, we don't need Zadarius Smith anymore. They will not trade him because he would cost – he, right now he's costing what fourteen and a half million dollars to be on the team. You trade him away, his salary cap number is like twenty five million dollars. So it's literally ten million dollars worse to trade him away than to keep him. Just doesn't make sense. 
Yeah, I'm with you. I think uh, bringing the band back, and I'd, I'd be surprised if they took an edge guy. Now, when I mention the draft picks, a lot of them were like, oh, we took Jair Alexander. Oh, we took Rashawn Gary. Oh, we traded up and took Denar Savage. Oh, my God, we took Jordan Love. They're all different positions. I know he he uh, double-dipped with Jair Alexander and, and Josh Jackson round one, round two mm-hmm. in 2018. I think this is the year that, I mean, um, they signed Kevin King. So gr- however you feel about that, and maybe people are gasping at me even suggesting that he's going to start week one, much like you said, too. He is. Thank you. I, I doesn't mean that they're going to take a – a cornerback in the first round. I think if anything, it gives them flexibility to not have to take a cornerback in the first round. Gutekunst is going to trust how the board falls and he'll play accordingly. But um, there are some really intriguing offensive tackles mid, late first round, early second round that I just think are way too enticing to pass up. You need to protect your quarterback. You need to protect your running back and you're also your the running back you just paid and your second uh, round running back from a year ago. So that's that's my take. That's why I would be surprised. Let me just put it this way. I'd be less surprised if the Packers took the punt and kick return specialist in the first round than I would edge. That's that's how I'm hmm. feeling right now about Interesting. the edge. I just think Gary's and, and Pratt, I mean, I think they've got the depth there where, and I see your logic, though, that it is a premium. So... Right, and you gotta prepare for life. You gotta prepare for life after the Smith brothers because they're both up next, or they both got their contracts heavily altered this season Mm -hmm. so that they can stick around under the salary cap next season. One or both of them could be gone, and let's say that they're both back next season. Well, then the year after that, they're probably both gone. So, and then who do you have? You have Rashawn Gary. And then some, a lot of unknowns and unproven's and undrafteds. So again, it's it's one. There's going to be a lot of uh, this draft will be very telling as well to see where Goody's going. Kind of what his thoughts are. Is he preparing for? Is he drafting for this season, or is he drafting for the carnage that is to come (laughs) (laughs) down the road? And being able to reload and have guys be able to step in and, and uh, fill some voids if uh, they're going to have to make some tough decisions next season. Oh, I can't wait for the draft. I'm fired I up. Know, I know. I love it. I, I look forward to uh, last year. We were messaging back and forth before you were an Unknown Packers podcast member. So I'm excited to interact uh, when when Gouda Kunst. Uh, and I, I trust how he's going to approach the board. I, I'm fired up, um, especially how last year the whole – surprise of the first three rounds of his draft picks and how the Packers fared and all three of them provide a lot of intrigue as well. DeGuara before he got hurt uh, looked like he was humming. LaFleur loves him. Um, I'm really excited to see what he can do coming back and uh, A.J. Dillon, boy, and Jordan Love getting some much needed reps this year. I'm rooting for all of them but we got a second fan question from at Brian Peds um, I think that's how his Twitter handle is. Won't Packers cap issues pretty much go away in 2022 if they move on from Rodgers? And I will just throw this out there. Uh, we talked about this in the second half of New Year on Tap last week. Uh, Ken got real, and I, I was I was stunned. I was flabbergasted. I um, I drank the press conference Kool Aid. I will admit that. Um, no guilt. No shame. No regret. 
and uh, I have come out rebirth, new Phoenix, <laughs> with, with fresh new eyes. How I look at this organization. So I thank you for that, Ken. But this is this is your, uh, this is that that lob of a softball. And no, and no offense to the uh, to Brian that asked this question, but this is your wheelhouse, is what I mean. And no, that's a really good question. So a lot of people look at. Aaron Rodgers in the situation, and there's a lot of chat going around Twitter and various other media outlets where, you know, Rodgers might not be around next year. You know, you hear people like myself talk about how the Packers are going to be in some pretty rough salary cap situation for 2022, and they just assume, oh, well, if they trade Rodgers, then all that just goes away. The problem is you can't trade Aaron Rodgers if they want to do that until after the new year starts and they have to be under the salary cap before the new year starts. So if they were to trade Aaron Rodgers, assuming he doesn't touch his contract this year, and obviously that's a hot button issue. We did a deep dive into that last week, but if Aaron Rodgers contract stays as it is today, um, if he is traded, they would save 22 and a half, let's just call it million dollars. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of cash. A lot of cheese. The problem is, is the Packers need to cut over uh, $34 million before they can even trade him away. So the way I'm looking at it, and just assuming a nice round number, $200 million for a salary cap next season. So again, 182.5 is for this current season, 2021. A jump to 200 would be a, in a historic jump, but obviously COVID goes, you know, that issue doesn't totally go away. Each team still needs to take a $30 million hit between 2022 and 2023. Still, all that pain is not over, folks. So $200 million, give or take, it can maybe go 205, 210, maybe. But I'm just going to say, if it's, let's just be conservative. $200 million, right now, they only have, what, like 29 players, I think, under contract next season. They're already over just with the 29 guys because of all the salary cap kicking that we did this year, all those restructures, all these mega deals that we've um, signed our free agents to years ago, all that money is coming due with a down salary cap. Yep. So they're already over the cap, like on paper right now by $4 million. Then if you add in the cost of this draft class, you know, the one that's coming up in a month, their second year, plus the draft class for next year, plus if you, they will, um, option Jair for the fifth-year option, well, that's going to be $13 million. Jenkins earned a raise by making the Pro Bowl. That's another raise of $2 million. Then you fill the roster to 51 players. Oh, and by the way, Kevin King's roster voids because they did some stupid contract structure with him, so no matter what next year, he's going to cost $3 million for not even being on the team. That gets you to $44 million over the cap. Plus, you need to pay oh the practice God. squad. Plus, you need to pay the fill the roster to 53 contracts now. And you need a $5 million piggy bank, at least. That gets you to $53.888 million over the salary cap. How many times have you said this on the airwaves? Zero. Oh, this is the first time? Well, I've got an update. Before, it was like 45. <laughs> Everything they do makes it worse. So oh now it's 53.888. It's insane. But the amount that they need to cut before, like, before the season starts as of right now is $34 million. 
And Aaron Rodgers doesn't factor into that at all unless they cut him and they're not going to cut him. No. They're going to try and get a first round pick or first and a third, first and a second, two first something if they want to trade him. If they don't trade him, then, you know, that it gets even tougher. So, they're like I said in the first half, like the Packers are going for it. They kicked yep. over $30 million into into next year, into 2022, and they're like, oh, we'll deal with it then. And now, you know, next year isn't going to get much better. You know, we talk about the salary cap exploding. That's not going to happen to like three or four mm-hmm. years from now. Like, right. these are these are short-term problems. And so that's why I think this is a, this is a go-for-it year. This is a go-for-it season. Let's go for it, baby. And I can't wait. I know. I, I can't wait. I'm going to put all these spreadsheets in the back, you know, back burner and just watch some football, but it's going to be a long <laughs> off season. And mm-hmm. until then, I'm just looking at this. I'm like, oh my gosh, next year's going to be next year on paper now is worse than what I thought this year was going to be times two. Like it's, it's, it's going to be bad. And, um, it's a job not, look, for... not looking forward to it. I'm definitely looking forward to this year, you know, having the band back together watching this team and there's a lot of players on this team whose future is going to be unknown it's not just aaron Rodgers who gets all the headlines right now about having an uncertain future a lot of these guys that they played salary cap and contract tricks with they're in jeopardy now too and so this team it looks very familiar to last year which is fun next year i don't think it'll be as familiar that's a job for future brian gutekunst future brian Job for future Ken Ingles as well. Future Uh, Ken can sweat that one too. (laughs) Uh, I mean, last week's episode, we talked about Aaron Rodgers and the salary cap. This week, again, uh, fascinating stuff. If anything, it's gotten me more fired up of like, hey, we wanted it all in season. We got one. And the draft is just around the corner, which could enhance the team even more so. And as we, I, I hate wrapping up, but we got to wrap up. I mean, I could talk for hours with you. Just not sure. I think there are a few people out there that would listen to us just, you know, on, on shuffle, maybe. Well, I know that last week after we uh, turned off the record button, I think we spoke for another good, like, hour and a half afterward, just talking more Packers. It was good it felt stuff, good. man. Yeah, it yeah. felt right. And if talking Packers with you is wrong, I don't know. I don't want to be right. There you and go. So, uh, wrapping up, New Year. Same team, on tap. We got a fill in the blank question. Wrap up and bid adieu for next week, and we'll talk whatever Packers news. And again, we'll talk about the salary cap because it's fun stuff, and we'll do some NFL draft stuff. But I'm really intrigued. What's your fill in the blank? Because you 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 sort of you were taunting me. You I wasn't taunting, taunting you. And in, in the pre in the pre record, you were sort of like, ah, you're not going to guess this. We're not going to ruin this like I did last week where I answered your fill-in-the-blank like halfway through the episode. Yeah, the so last couple times I've had a really good one loaded, but we end up talking about it for 10 minutes during the middle of the episode. So I'm did like, that, well... It, did, it didn't happen this week, did, did not it? happen. Okay. Did not happen. And I, I made it so that you that we wouldn't. So that's... <laughs> you know, you might have thought I was shit-talking or whatever. I was just saying, there's no <laughs> way. All right. We're... You know, you are talking about how, you know, patting ourselves on the back about predicting... Uh, Kevin King and Mercedes Lewis coming back this year. So I need you to put on that similar, you know, that hat. Look into your crystal ball here. And I need you to pick two, okay, for next year. 
So there's a lot of guys. There's 13 guys plus one void contract, Kevin King, who are going to be unrestricted free agents. We're not going to talk about the restricteds or the exclusive rights guys. Like straight up, these are the big, you know, these are the big dogs hitting free agency. All right. And about half of them played more than 50% of snaps in 2020. I'm going to give you those names and I need you to fill in these blanks. The two players I would prioritize to return would be blank and blank in 2022. Here are the names of the players who had over 50% of snaps this past season. Your boy, Robert Tunyon, Kevin King, Chandon Sullivan, Devante Adams, MVS, Jair Alexander, but I don't think we want to include him because I almost guarantee he's going to be fifth-year option. So cross him off. Uh, And Lucas Patrick, who leads the way with 90% of snaps. Hmm. So real quick, Tunyon, Sullivan, Adams, MVS, Lucas Patrick, Kevin King. Pick two. Well, isn't Kevin King already coming back no matter what? Because he's on... No, he has a one. He has a one-year deal. Well, it's a five-year. It's a five-year. It's a five-year deal on paper. It is one-year legit year, and then his contract automatically voids. I think like twenty days before the start of the league year. Mm. So he won't be an unrestricted free agent. He'll be a street free agent. But I just included him in here. Oh, gotcha. Okay. But yeah, I he knew he had a not, one-year deal, but you mentioned that he's the way they structured it. He's still on the books for next year, right? He's on the books next year for yeah. three million dollars once his contract so voids. Mm-hmm. Oh wow, the salary cap guru asking me these questions. This is uh, I know this is this is your time. You're and I didn't this. even get to the guys below. Here, I'll just give those while you while you think here. J.K. Scott, Josh Jackson, Hunter Bradley, E.Q., mm. Orrin Burks, Funches. Mm. Those guys are also uh, going to be okay. unrestricted, but they barely okay. played. Yep. So, okay. which two? If if you're, you know, GM Bryce, future future Bryce, having to deal with this, there's two that you're prioritizing. Knowing the kind of shit show that we're in for, chances yeah. are, you know, that number might be two of these guys that can return. Who are you prioritizing? I, I like this game because, uh, yeah, just picking two. It's funny, last year, Chandon Sullivan was like the big breakout guy. And now you're kind of like, all right, like kind of know what you got with him. I still think he can flash. Uh, MVS, I think that there's no one else like him. He's a burner. Uh, you also know what you've got in MVS. Uh, he's his own worst critic. The team loves him. He can. He really wants it. He wants it. I think this is his last year. MVS, and I think that they take a speed guy in the draft and sort of develop. I think there are going to be a lot of speed guys on offense, personally, in this draft. I'm going to say Devontae Adams just because he's elite, and I still, like, look at Julio Jones. I mean, the guy played until, what, like his Mm mid-30s? Devontae Adams takes care of himself. uh, Is I mean, yes, he battled some injuries, but dude just... I mean, he leaves it all on the football field. He's a technician, takes care of himself, family man, uh, humble. I think he's priority number one. And I know there was a lot of speculation on whether uh, right now Tunyon's a he's tendered. I'm assuming mm-hmm. he's coming back, and we've got a few more weeks before we find out that. I think out of everyone that you listed, Tunyon Sullivan is another Adams, one that's kind of interesting. I, I just think that they're gonna. Um, they're going to draft another and um, 
possibly move on from him. Uh, I can hear the wheels turning. <laughs> so I, I'm going to go Devonte Adams, and I'm going to go Tunyon because I think Mercedes Lewis. You know, maybe this is his last. This is his last hurrah, and then I mean, he's 37, 38, so he could hang it up. Um, you're hoping some development with Jay Sternberger. It's such a deep pool right now that tight end position. I would hate for them to then not have it be a strength next year, uh, especially with it being a tight end driven league. Uh, that's not to say that they wouldn't draft a tight end, but I'm I'm expecting some possible growth from Jay Sternberger. He's been dealt a bad hand. I'm gonna go Adams and Tunyon, which means that I'm gambling and Tunyon's coming back this year. Um, I think he's tight end one material, and I think that we're still scratching the surface. Dude works out with George Kittle, and that's just not like a that's just not like a, a brag moment. Dude works out with him and wants to be great. Um, I think we're scratching the surface with Tunyon. Uh, it's not going to be like oh last year I was talking tight end one. This year who's the next guy? No, Tunyon's tight end one. So yeah, I'm going Devonte Adams and Tunyon next year. Wow, so we get two more years of Tunyon in my mind. All right. Well, of Giddy course up. we do. Yeah. He, he's a Packer for life in your mind, Bryce. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, that, that'll be my – that'll. Yeah, um, that's the, a tough one, though. Cause, I know. Uh, I know. It's really tough. And then, obviously, you know, when I'm looking at this, I think about it, you know, I overcomplicate it, right? I'm like, oh, man, will they even be able to afford a guy like Devontae? Devontae? Yeah. You know, I didn't even think about he's that. He's 28, 29. Like, you know – like then I just look at the wide receiver room as a whole. They've got nobody coming back who, who's played a snap for Green Bay next year under contract. So does that like mean that a guy like MVS gets a second contract because they so. just because they have no one else to give a contract to? You know, it, I guess the draft like will the help Kevin us. King. <laughs> right, right. Like yeah, that could be like true. what's you know Lazard's going to be coming back as a restricted more than likely. But then then who Funches? else? Yeah, he's he's another one of those unrestricted he seems guys like a too. Like just revenge tour, especially with what he just tweeted out, like how yeah, his yeah. Fa- like he he held out a year f- for his family, and his grandfather gave him the green light. Right. And, uh, so I'm excited to see what uh, uh, Funchy Bunch can do. So, but then I look at Lucas Patrick too on this list. It's like there's another starting offensive lineman that the Packers would let go coming into a third contract it, they're just racking up they're piled everywhere you know this 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 team has done really well drafting and developing their uh, offensive linemen but it's they just drafted three it, last year so right yeah mm-hmm. just and yeah, it's crazy but yeah i i don't even know how i would answer this i'm glad you didn't ask me this and that uh, i asked it to you i am not going to answer this question because i refuse to and because it's my question, those are my rules, and that's how we're going to play. Uh, um, thank you for your answer. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was a great – I mean, I it's exciting because, one, I mean, one, that's a great question. And two, I don't have to worry about are they going to afford it or anything. I'm just talking my heart, and I think Adams comes back. I'd like to see him back, and I also think that Tunyon – I think is a legit monster. If you're not, if you don't believe that yet, I don't know what else I can say to convince you that Tunyon, uh, he's coming back. He's got a chip on his shoulder. I'm excited to see. What well, if he there's does. anything our listeners have learned, if they've been listening to us for a while, Bryce, is that you definitely follow your heart, and I definitely follow the money. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what makes us a great combo. This was this is so much fun. 
Um, I'm glad, you know, like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, we, we took a, a few week hiatus. We had some personal stuff come up, but uh, for everyone that has followed, uh, thank you so much for our new followers. Giddy up. I hope you enjoy the ride. Uh, we're going to do this week in and week out, one episode a week. Any last comments before we bid adieu until next week, Ken? No, man, I'm just, I'm... I'm slowly getting more and more pumped up for the draft. I, yeah, I've i been following it less this year than I think I have in years past, but I don't know why exactly that is. And I don't have any draft crushes, but maybe I need to start uh, reading up a little bit and start, you know, getting that Kevin Costner paper ready, you know, mm-hmm. fill out that name for no matter what. I love it. Oh, uh, watch some draft day and maybe, maybe, just maybe we get to – possibly coordinate something where we do we hang out or something even if it's a remotely or whatever i know we were texting last year i i've just got a i got a good feeling that the draft will be will be a lot more involved um i'm excited to see Uh, i'll just leave it with this a guy that i've been reading don't really know much about him but he's been projected late uh first round is jalen mayfield offensive tackle out of michigan and I just get kind of excited about maybe Runyon, Mayfield, both Michigan boys. So I uh, didn't play that much. Apparently he's got short arms, but apparently he's really athletic, very explosive. But he's a guy that I've just been starting to read up on a little bit. But like you, I'm sort of just scratching the surface right now. I'm getting a late start with the draft, but these next few weeks we'll all be trying to absorb as much draft content as possible before we get started with our Oh, what Gutekunst is going to do with his fourth draft. Can you believe that? Man, time flies. It seems like just yesterday, we're like, how how do you say his name? Who is this guy? And now he's the GM going into his fourth year. Crazy. And he's going all in, baby. Well, thank you once again for everyone that tunes in. Ken, as always, this was a blast. Look forward to talking Packers with you next week. Sorry for heckling you. Oh, no problem, buddy. I love it. Let's go. Let's go. I'm Bryce Christensen. And I'm Ken Ingalls. And this is the Unknown Packers Podcast. Thank you so much for following the Unknown Packers Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Unknown Packers, as well as Facebook, Instagram, the Unknown Packers Podcast. You can check us out on our website, theunknownpackers.com, and a variety of different podcast platforms as well. You can also say, hey, Alexa, play the Unknown Packers Podcast. That's right. We're friends with Alexa. This podcast was edited and produced by Sonic Transformation. Sonic Transformation, your sound refined.